0: Hey, it's me, Mitch. And Brian. And me, Nathan. We are the hosts of Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives.
1: Join us on St.
2: Patty's Day, March
1: 17th at 8 p.m. Central for our first ever live episode.
2: Our topic will be top five historical Tinder matches.
1: No, we're not
0: going back in our own histories and finding our favorite matches since we first downloaded the app in 2012.
1: No, we are going to be pairing up historical figures we believe would have had the best chemistry.
2: Would sparks fly between Napoleon and Eleanor Roosevelt?
1: Would Abe Lincoln
0: spit mad game walking along the Nile
1: with Cleopatra?
0: Would he probably?
1: Would Jesus Christ and Hillary Clinton live happily ever after?
2: That's March 17th, 8pm Central, this St. Patrick's Day, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Instagram.
0: Peel back the celestial curtains, and step into the past with me. Two lifetimes before AD, there's a smell in the air. Is it change? Not sure, did they use coinage in 44 BC? But whatever, the Ides of March is nigh. The seer has predicted to Pluto Blutarsky radical change to arrive in the form of harm done to Mr. Caesar. We let the curtains fully fall behind us as we are transported into the clubroom of the Senate. Here in the clubroom, we gather amongst the other senators, and they are fomentive. A real brute and the cash man himself lead a group in revolt forever putting the caesar down dead dying and to celebrate this eyes of march the senate kitchen staff come to take lunch orders the senate chanting caesar's no more caesar's no more (laughs) and on that day they had club salads
2: (laughs) <laughs> wow how
0: cool was that no we're not turning into hardcore history dan carlin no worries folks but do worry you better worry for the ides of march is upon all of us and this is Uber the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives welcome mahalo que paso guten tag i'm mitch brinkman the host for today's game show and our contestants will be looking over their shoulders Reading the tea leaves and taking counsel with Miss Cleo as they strategically battle it out over their top five happenings to beware. Oh, I'm joined by two classic characters. So classic the bard would write epics about them if he were still alive today to give directions to his team of ghostwriters, of course. There's the tortured <laughs> but brilliant young man from the wrong side of the tracks who realizes himself through his taste for swordplay and justice. It's Brian Ernst. Hello, Brian
1: hello thank you for having me thank you so much for what an intro i like well i gave it a long hard thank while pooping today and i was like you know what i'm gonna come back i like it
0: as one should uh thank you thank you for coming back for a second week in a row i appreciate that um and our second (laughs) contestant number two is a stately king of honor and grace. And when he's not doing that, he's trolling the forest on a summer's night for a good time and a little rhyme as he departs sage verse. It's Nathan hey, Welcome, Hey. Nathan. Hello. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> you know, you guys, I, I made the decision. I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to flex my Shakespearean muscles this week. I'm going to put my knowledge on on the hot plate here i'm gonna make it sizzle i'm gonna i'm gonna make it nice and crispy for the folks at home so i hope you enjoyed uh that little ditty uh do you guys do you guys read shakespeare do you perform shakespeare at all what's your what's your shakespeare level of of uh, comfort
2: i am i am a big fan of shakespeare which i know makes me a very unique and special individual but (laughs) yes i i do love me some shakespeare I can, name, and- I can name all of his play. I won't waste everybody's time, but I think I could name all 38 plays off the top of my head if I had to, which I thought would be a good party trick when I memorized them like 10 years ago. Hasn't been as impressive to anybody <laughs> as I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you're right about that. (laughs) (laughs) Ten years ago, when
0: I memorized all of Ina Garten's uh, cookbook titles, I also thought that would have been a cool party trick. Uh, (laughs) Not the case. Um, But I I cannot wait to hear what you two paranoid fear mongers have in store for us. And also, for you folks at home, can't wait to hear something that's rolling around in your brain. Well, if you can't wait, go to bizbear.biz. Drop us your suggestions or some questions and your... Uh, wealthy words of input, if you will, could very well end up right here on a future episode. All right, y'all, let's get this speeding train on the tracks by first giving everyone a quick rundown of the rules.
2: Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach
0: each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Uber
1: Stare down. Down. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Stare Down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score.
0: And speaking of the lies of March, if only President Caesar had luscious and luscious work up a vaccine for the insurrectionist behavior that he experienced, which leads me to remember my own first vaccines. They also felt like a stab in the back, let me just say. It wasn't fun. And so I hope you'll stick around to the end of the show where I will give you my fast five list of things you'll never forget about your doctor's office. Now, as host, I'm entitled to institute a house rule, of course, for today's game show. A rule inspired by the chamber in which Caesar was snubbed out, the Senate. And thus, throughout today's show, I will be d- deducting half points. You guys know I love counting by halves for every time <laughs> a contestant doesn't refer to their opponent as my distinguished colleague from insert location there therein. So let's keep this respectful, <laughs> formal... And orderly, right up until the moment you plunge the knife into each other's back. And with that, since Nathan, you killed one more lion in the pre-match gladiator-style arena lion hunt, please give us your number five, <laughs> Happenings <laughs> to Beware.
2: All right. Well, this was a hard list for me to make and narrow it down because I am literally afraid of everything. Um, <laughs> so... We could we could I could have done a top five hundred quite easily. Uh but here's here's what came in at number five. And this okay. is this is finding out the person you are dating is throwing their dog a birthday party. <laughs> this is uh one of what? the all time worst case scenarios. Did really? They, did
0: they, <laughs> this is did the worst Do they ask to throw your dog a birthday party? This is a surprise party for your dog.
2: For their dog, for their own dog. Oh, their
0: dog. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, God, my, my, yeah. my ears are not on square I, here. Okay.
1: I thought the same thing. I thought it was your dog. Oh.
2: Uh, <laughs> their their dog. They own they own a dog, and <laughs> they have a party for the dog that they own. Got it. They, okay. They, Boy. They, they, put up, they put up decorations in the backyard. They expect gifts to be brought over by the guests for the dog. Oh. Um, oh. The dog might have a special shirt or sweater on, depending on the size of the dog. Maybe a maybe a bandana. Which, granted, I'm I'm okay with going that far, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there'll be like dog themed cuisine for the humans. Um, I don't like the, the classic <laughs> snack puppy chow. If you ever ate that at a, like a second grade oh. birthday party. Um, oh yeah, delicious. This. This sort of behavior is psychotic. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know which is the more frightening aspect of this. Is this some bizarre excuse to have attention showered upon them by their friends? Uh, like a second birthday for them within the year? Like they're going to have a party for themselves <laughs> in June and then a party for their dog in October, so they're double dipping on the birthday attention? Or... Do they actually want the attention showered on their dog? Do they do they love their dog so much? Like that they're gonna do what they would do for a child? I mean, I'm a dog person, as you both know. I've had three mm-hmm. dogs in my life. I love them all. And uh it's it's a horrible thing when you have to say goodbye to your beloved uh little pet. But at no point was I going to subject my friends to come over to the house and sit around my badly behaved dog as i tried to like wrangle him in and then open all the presents that everybody had bought like using his little paws as if he was doing it um and and worst of all the the worst thing ever is they actually want you to gather around the dog and sing to it which is a terrifying experience for a dog dog's dog's hearing is like 250 percent better than a human's And having all of these uh, human beings around it chanting in unison towards it must be like something out of a nightmare. Like when they're when they're asleep and whimpering in their feet. I don't think they're chasing after something like that's the classic answer. I think they're reliving having people sing happy birthday to them. Um, It's I don't I don't want to do that. That's the worst part of a birthday party for a friend is the singing part and the opening presents. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to sing it, sing for your kid, for your four-year-old at that birthday party either. And they're certainly not want to go- do it for something whose poop they have just stepped in. <laughs> so no more, no more dog birthday parties. You will have learned a lot about the person you are, are dating. If they, uh, they pull this on you, you know, you're, you're going to be trapped. You're going to have to find a way out soon. Your life has taken a sharp left turn and not for the better. <laughs> So, I, this is one of the many, many things that I am afraid of and and lose sleep at night over.
0: Okay, quick question here.
1: (laughs) You lose sleep over this? (laughs) I'm sorry. Brian, Uh, Brian,
2: this is... I haven't slept in years.
0: (laughs) This is a terrible fear to have. Sorry. This is terrifying. I know.
1: This person, I, I am dating. not being fair to my distinguished colleague from Roseville. I'm so
0: sorry. <laughs> thank, yes, thank you so much for that. It's very, very kind of you. Um, yes, Nathan. So this person that you're dating that is throwing the the party for their dog, if 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 you and this person have a disagreement, and you text them, you know, like uh, like so sorry or whatever it was, and uh, let's say it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, uh your fault, it was their fault, like this disagreement what is this person probably gonna text back? Like, what kind of person are we dealing with here? Can you paint in some of these edges a little bit?
2: Well, I think the uh, the, the problem is, is this would mm-hmm. just catch you off guard. Um, oh, sure. You know, I've never dated somebody who's actually done this, but uh, if oh, I, I had to it. guess, an argument, an argument with this person would be something very superficial about something non-existent. Um, Because that's exactly what a dog birthday party is. For example, the dog doesn't know it's his birthday and he will never (laughs) comprehend that. So we're already living in a world of delusion. This is the same. I don't know if you've ever been to like, uh, uh, there's, there's some, uh, grocery stores and pet stores that, and like particularly, uh, like I know that, uh, I've seen some like Thanksgiving treats for dogs where it's like, oh, it, sure. this this tastes like stuffing, or it's it's pumpkin spiced in October. I'm like, the dog has no concept of seasons. The dog doesn't <laughs> taste pumpkin and think, like, yeah, this feels about right. It's about that, yeah, this is a pumpkin-y time of year. And like, oh, this this tastes like mashed potatoes. <laughs> like, just if you want your dog to eat Thanksgiving dinner, give it a plate of Thanksgiving dinner. It will eat it. <laughs> And it will I'm sure it will like it a lot more. it's It's been sitting under the table just waiting for it to fall out. It. it doesn't need some sort of substitute in in like, you know, bone form like a two, two inch dog bone. Yeah, this is uh, so yeah, it, it, I whatever argument that you, I would have after the uh, dog birthday party, it would probably be the last one. so it would be quite short. Sure, sure. if if anything, this dog birthday party is just giving a dog a
0: taste of an incredible day that they won't get for a really long time anyway. So if anything, you're just making them probably feel a higher sense of ennui during their daily life anyway. Like, w- when am I ever going to have to sit through a bunch of giants yelling at me in unison and then I get to eat a bunch <laughs> of shit, <you> know? <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: I picture the dogs just looking up and all their, like, their minds are just reading just one of us, one of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. <laughs>
0: I know in, in my house, it's it's Thanksgiving all the time because my little buddy loves eating pumpkin because that makes his 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 toots and his turds come out real easy. So um, to all you <laughs> dog owners out there, pumpkin is a godsend. Um, wow. I, is that you know, why
1: Jenny's pumping me full of pumpkin? Or? <laughs> Jesus.
0: Probably, yeah. Uh, <laughs> is it, that's why every morning <laughs> okay, now I know. Fifteen. <laughs> yeah.
1: I am regular, like clockwork. So this explains so much. <laughs>
0: There you go. There you go. And that's why pumpkin spice, you know, comes in handy too uh to go along with the coffee. Um Perfect. sorry. And uh, enough enough uh uh turd talk here. Um Nathan, uh, this is this is this is horrifying. This is really really scary. Um I've been to a dog's birthday before. Um I was there because of the booze. I wasn't there because of the dog. I'll tell you what. <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah. Uh, that's it's uh, it's uh it's something I'll never do I'll never be inviting you guys to Waldo's first birthday I promise you that um I'll just send out pr- probably like printed uh postcards you know with a with the uh, with the photo shoot that took place during the, the party um but uh yeah with that Brian give us your number five of happenings to beware.
1: Uh, Number five, I feel like uh, is low-hanging fruit here, but I feel like I had to go for it. My number five, just beware guys named Brutus and any other backstabber for that matter. So, um, Classic. uh, In our uh, Begrudging Lessons from Parents episode, I mentioned never being loyal to an employer as they are some of the best cases of uh, backstabbers that are out there. So I'm here to tell the tale of when I quit Jewel Osco, Chicago's local grocery chain. Um I'd worked there for about 3 years and there was a guy who was in charge of the dairy case that was growing increasingly more hostile because he worked at Jewel his whole life. So I understand that he was just upset of dealing with the public. I understand how frustrating that can be. And then when you're not only having to deal with the public, You have to deal with a bunch of high schoolers who are in charge of things overnight while you come in and do the ordering. I get that. What happened was I was accused of not doing something. Uh, When gallons of milk go on sale, they fly out of the case and you have to stock them from the back fridge uh, again at the end of the night because when they're on sale, they go like hotcakes. I did it before the end of my shift, but so many people had come after I had left. The store is open for two hours after I leave. And open for an hour before he gets there. So three hours of shoppers left the case empty again. So then I show up for a 10 a.m. shift or something like that. He's been there since 6 a.m. And he's just like, what the fuck, Brian? I you, you mean, you were in charge of this last night. You're not doing it? I'm like, I filled it before I left. I don't know what you want from me. Like, there's people shopping. Goes, don't fucking lie to me. I'm sick of all you kids lying to me. God damn it. And he took an empty milk crate and he threw it at me.
2: Well, so,
1: yes. So I lost it. I'm probably 16, 17 at the time, if that. Okay. So I like went somewhere to cool down and I finally got the chance to go. I was going to go talk to a manager, but by the time I was going to go talk to a manager, there were no managers there for the rest of the day. So I wrote a letter in the office, printed it out, said exactly what happened And I was like, something needs to be done about this. Handed it in. The manager's, long story short, sided with the guy with tenure and not me and said that they weren't going to do anything. Not change me to a different department. Not give this guy any uh, repercussions or anything. So I said, I quit. And I just left. So it's the only time I ever quit a job. And I was unemployed for nine months after that. And it was the, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made, but I made it on principle. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if it was the right decision to do, but it was still like, I, I didn't know what else to do at 16 or 17. I'm like, I just felt completely backstabbed by either the company, the union, whatever, whoever was in charge to do sure. something about it. I was just completely pissed off. And just that was the only way I knew how to deal with it at the moment was just leave. So, sure. beware backstabbers, and especially those named Brutus. The guy's wasn't named Brutus, but I'm going to call him Brutus for this story.
0: Well, and, like, and, I, and w- when a situation like that has soured so much, you know, and you've been, like, you know, just whipped and whipped and whipped by this guy, you know, if you will, and you've got, like, whatever, 2% left. It's, like, you can't do, like, just, like, a half, like, a half-and-half half measure. You've got to do, like, a whole measure here, you know? So, that makes sense yeah. to to fully... um. To fully go for that, you know, because it's like clearly that guy's gonna milk every every part of the situation he can. Um, Good pun. So, but uh, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure, like it, it, the the uh there are lawyers too that have, like, you know, that ha- this is like a cottage industry for them, um, protecting guys like this in the union. Uh, but like, sometimes you just gotta go find. Uh, Buttermilk situations, you know. Um, <laughs> <but. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
2: I, I I had a follow up question. Yes, sure. You said you needed to go somewhere to cool off, but this this interaction took place in a refrigerator. So where did you go to cool off after Good. being in a refrigerator? <laughs>
1: Good point. It took place right outside the refrigerator. It took oh, place.
2: So you went in the refrigerator. Okay. We were.
1: I was in the refrigerator. <laughs> I came out. This is where the confrontation happened. Because uh, all the empty milk crates are stacked right outside onto a pallet so they can get shipped back. And uh, this happened right outside the doors, all on camera, because I know there's a camera pointed right there. So there was proof. And, yeah, still nothing happened. So that's why I was kind of like, just screw this place. I'm, I'm out of here.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that uh, qualifies as an act of violence. So, yeah, you should have walked. Uh, yeah, you did the right thing.
1: Yeah. I can't even remember if I quit on the spot or if I put two weeks in. I don't even remember how it ended. It was just, I just remember everything that led up to that point and then everything after it, including those nine months, were a total blur. I have no idea what happened. I think that was probably sophomore, junior year of high school. So strange. Mm.
0: Wow. Um, Well, you know, hey... You are a very nice guy. Obviously, uh, you're going to rise to the top. You know, he's just a stinky little curd. So Um, that's a great number four. Or number five, excuse me. Um, You guys, um, I I also uh, want to remind you, don't forget the house rule today. Uh, You both have been very, very informal in how you've been addressing each other. Um, So just be aware of that. Um, But number three, Nathan, I know I I, I might do this myself. Um, I'm very scared of that, but so I want to make this a harsh reminder for me. So I'm going to give you three points for this, and Brian.
2: Thank you. Um,
0: I wanted more milk puns, and that's why I had to do them. So I'm going to give you two <laughs> points. It's very petty of me to do that. Um, I know. I mean, I, I'm sure it just feels like I'm just kind of like skimming your points off the top there, but you know that's what <laughs> happened. So two points for you. Um, let's well, go red. Right back to Nathan um, for his uh, number four.
2: My number four is being disappointed by your favorite show or movie series being rebooted.
1: Ooh, uh, yeah. I yeah.
2: think this is uh, this is something that's inevitable. Even just just hearing that something is going to be rebooted, like for instance, if they said, "All right, guys, Seinfeld, it's being rebooted." Oh dear, like no way that's gonna gonna turn out well. I mean, things work in their time for a reason. I found an example of this. In the 80s, which was a very different and special time in uh, American Mm -hmm. history, a talking car, that was just the right amount of schmaltzy, tongue-in-cheek gimmick. That would work. That works in 1985. But uh, I'm talking, of course, about Knight Rider, the seminal television show Knight Rider. Now, they remade it in 2008, which nobody remembers because it was, of course, terrible. Because, you know, this is the era of uh, sophisticated dramas like *The Sopranos and The Wire uh, 24 and Prison Break were like the action ones, which is Mm -hmm. and then comedies were just were comedies. There was so this is some weird blending and throwback. Um, It was it was just a recipe for disaster. And, you know, nostalgia is a very powerful force. So we look at all our favorite shows from back in the day through rose tinted glasses like Full House, for example obviously was always terrible but we were 7 years old when we saw it so we remember it being better than it was we remember it because we remember it as a 7 year old but now that you're in your 30s and they bring back the show and it's just as bad but why why would anybody be surprised and it's just completely recycled and <laughs> um but also how creepy is it that that in so many of these uh reboots the the child of the the, the people in the original show grow up and then live the exact same life that their parents <laughs> did. They live in the same house. They have the same yep. friends. They go to the same restaurant. Uh It's yeah, just, just watch, just watch the original show. The It'll make you feel warm and fuzzy. It'll still seem better than it actually is because you have fond memories associated with that time in your life. So yep. I, I fear, I fear things, uh, Returning that won't live up to their glory days, i.e., uh, you know, Michael Jordan playing for the Wizards was not nearly as fun as Michael Jordan playing for the Bulls. Correct. Sure. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> a, a, a very quick question for my uh, distinguished colleagues from Roseville and Berwyn. Uh, in, in your memory, who is the best actor on Full House?
2: To you. Oh, uh, uh, that would have been um, Dave Coulier for me.
1: Right? Okay. Brian? Yeah. I think if I had to pick one, yeah, definitely Dave.
2: I mean, he yeah. could do the he could do the schmaltzy moments when they would put the the the, the music was happening, like the "We're Teaching You a Lesson" music, mm-hmm. and then he could transition like just when it was getting too heavy, boom, Popeye impression, perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and cool is in the name. You can't he can't avoid it. He's just a he's just a good dude all around.
2: That's and the, very the true. cut it out thing that entered the oh. popular lexicon of the day, for sure. Cut it oh my out. God.
1: Love it!
0: Oh my god, I'm doing totally the hand signal that that was... for
2: people listening at home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Also, I always thought, what was in the, the the stairs down to the basement? Did we ever see down in the basement? I'm trying to remember because I always thought about. We that.
2: did. We did. Uh, he and uh, Uncle Jesse uh, hosted a radio show from down there in some of the later seasons.
1: Oh. <laughs> which today would have been a podcast with 15 listeners. So we have a lot in common. <laughs>
0: um, who, if if we were in the full house house, uh, who would be uncle Jesse, do you think?
1: I mean, it's clearly me. I mean, what are we, oh. <laughs> what are we talking about? Look,
2: mean, at you, Look at my hair.
1: Look, I got leather jackets.
2: Yeah. You have to be Danny Tanner, right? There's <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh yes, of there's, course. There's
2: I no universe ask. in which you're not Danny Tanner. <laughs>
1: For sure.
0: I'm I'm very My favorite very much, episode
2: but... of one of my favorite <laughs> memories of Full House was when Danny Tanner got to warm up with the Golden State Warriors in like nineteen eighty nine. And they actually they actually filmed Bob Saget. They went and let Bob Saget do the layup line with like Mitch Richmond and Chris Mullet or It was wow. that's actually in an episode somewhere.
0: Was that, wait, so so that was with uh was it Run wait Run uh, Run T M C Run TMC. There we go. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, and Chris Mullen. Yeah. Chris Mullen. There we go.
0: Oh, classic. Brian, Google that and 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 learn yourself up some some good stuff. Uh, what mean, like,
1: Dude. typing, <laughs> typing, <laughs> searching. Still don't give a shit. All right.
0: Got it. Does it fit? Oh, damn it. Okay. Uh, shoot. All right. Um, if, there was, well, if,
1: there, if there was an inspirational movie made about them, I'm all over it.
0: I mean... I don't think, I, there's probably some music videos, honestly, probably some really cool music
2: videos. Made, I'll take it. There should have a been a crossover with Run DMC. I don't know if that's out there, but there should have been in some form.
0: For sure. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. isn't there? For,
2: I, I'm, I'm sure there was, yeah.
0: Um, I You know, as we were talking about this, I was thinking about some of my favorite old shows, and one of mine was um, definitely Three's Company, which the whole premise is uh, um, uh, John, not Lovitz, John. Um, John Ritter. Uh, John Ritter, thank you. Oh my god, I can't believe he said John Lovitz. Oh John Lovitz. <laughs> John,
1: John Lovitz. <laughs> He's oh, no, wow. near Ritter. Oh my God. You, know, you get no points for that bitch.
0: <laughs> Ritter, I'm so sorry. Um, but you know, the whole premise was that he had to pretend to be gay because the landlord wasn't gonna let a guy live with women. So now if you remade that, I was thinking because like that'd be a, a good show to remake because it's just about great physical comedy and best friends having fun. And then I thought about it I was like, ah, oh, they've kind of already made that with New Girl or It's Always Sunny or like, you know, any yeah. kind of show now is
2: people living in like or like 30 37 other sitcoms between now. And then,
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
2: Well, I actually um, lived the opposite scenario. Uh when I was in London, I found this uh this apartment I wanted to a flat, excuse me, flat that I wanted flat, to live yes. in. And uh there was another uh woman who wanted to live there. There were already three women living in the upstairs part. And then the, my old landlord, Mr. Ghani, shout out to Mr. Ghani, I'm sure he's <laughs> listening. Um, <laughs> Mr. Ghani gave me the room instead of the, the woman because I was going to be downstairs in this nice, sizable, it was the biggest room in the flat, and it had uh, a little private uh, patio as well. And he was like, okay, you, you can live here, but you have to live down there because I want a man to protect the women who are upstairs, so you'll be between the intruders <laughs> and the women and I was like I was like well I'll take the room but I don't know if that second part is going to happen like I'm going to have to get a good look at whoever's coming through before I, I put my body on the line here but uh, it was it was,
1: a, it was a
2: fun place to live though we we did have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, great comedy moments like uh, like that right. time we, we we played cards in the kitchen um yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah, no. There, there was, there was one funny part. Is there? We had uh, the washing machine, the washer and dryer combination, which I don't know why they even pretended there was a dryer combination part of it, <laughs> but it was in the kitchen, and there was really no like spare space at all. It was just bedrooms and then the stairs in the hallway. So it was like, and there were five of us living there, and so there was just throughout the kitchen. And all the way up the stairs and along the banister, it was just all of our laundry, all of our underwear, everything was just out there for all of us to see all the time. <laughs> there was never a point when it wasn't there. Any any guests came oh. over, they were seeing everybody's undies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that gets uh, difficult for someone like me who has who just hasn't found the right cleaning product to get the bacon strips out. Uh, I don't know if that's <laughs> that. That'd be tough. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Boy. All right, transition. <laughs> Ryan. Give us your number right. four, please.
1: Okay, my number four, I feel like Nathan's gonna be able to relate to. This is this is my irrational fear that I have sure. I have no reason to have this fear. But number four, beware bears. You never know where bears are going to come from. So I've never actually encountered a bear in real life, but Mm -hmm. every time I'm in Northern Wisconsin or just anywhere where there's just a foresty enclosure of any kind, I'm just terrified there's going to be a bear, which is probably one of the reasons why I've never been camping. I don't know whether that's true or not, but there's a bears fuck bears love bears. Don't want to see one now. One of the things I saw recently, uh, the Nature is Metal Instagram account. I saw these two grizzlies going at it, and I've also seen The Revenant. So I don't want to be anywhere near <laughs> a grizzly bear at any time because that's that's kind of scarring.
2: Doesn't and then, win that fight, though?
1: Uh, not, not after being seriously injured for oh. nine months out of the movie or whatever it is.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So uh, this really ties into something I heard uh, while on a cruise through the Apostle Islands uh, in northern Wisconsin, just off the coast of Bayfield. The guy who was our tour guide on the boat, as we got out to some of the further islands, started telling us about his volunteer experience with the park service. And he said that there was one island that they needed to do a bunch of research on, but it was getting ruined because there were so many black bears. So they trapped a lot of the black bears and just moved them to a nearby island where people weren't allowed to be anyway. And then they went back to the other island to do their work. The bears swam back to their original island across Lake Superior. (laughs) So these bears can swim back to where they want to be. And I'm like, so even if you rid yourself of bears, they come back like ants. (laughs) Like I don't want to know what that's like and my third and final story surrounding bears is I had a friend I used to work with who decided to go on a camping trip did everything right packed everything and then when I know you got to do something where you um, find a branch that's certain feet up and a certain feet amount out and you tie your food up overnight so the bears can't get it they did it far past whatever the lowest recommendation was. And they woke up and their week's worth of food was everywhere. And the bear mace can just had teeth marks all over it. (laughs) So dear God, they cut their camping week short to one day, one night, because they had to go home because they had no food. (laughs) So uh, I think you need to beware bears. Just a good rule of thumb.
2: Well, I I would, if I can offer my distinguished colleague from Berwyn, a suggestion. This is a rule, a rule that I live by on every camping trip is you always, when you're camping, you want to make sure you take your two or three, you know, really close friends because you're going to be snuggled up tight in the, in the tent in those cold weather. You want to tell some good old fashioned stories from the old days, but you also want to bring one of your worst enemies along. Mm-hmm. Because then if a bear comes, they can only eat you one at a time. So you bring your worst enemy and a nice old whooping stick that you can whittle down by the campfire. You just give them nice crack on the knee and you take off. And then the, the bear's dinner is there and you're safe.
1: That, that's a smarter way of doing it. Cause usually I'd have to find somebody that's slower than me. Uh, and that's, that's pretty hard to do. So taking a snick and bashing them in the knee sounds like a much cleaner getaway. So I, uh, Thank you to my uh, for the advice to my distinguished colleague from Roseville. I appreciate it.
0: Uh, this this gives me a lot of pause because I went. Um, thank you, uh, <laughs> going to, uh, Canada. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna call for all my bells from now on, uh, which is actually a, a, a great way to avoid bears. Also bells. Um, but I was in Canada <laughs> in like 2016, and we brought uh, three cans of bear mace along. Never had to use it. Thank God but we were up in Banff National Park in Canada,
1: Um mm-hmm.
0: where, you know... Banff? Uh, Banff, ba- yep. Banff, yeah. Banff, yeah, B- Banff. Badass A-N- motherfucker? B N B-A-N, I don't know, something. Banff, that's I- say it. Um, Look it up, it's and- beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. But so, like, my parents were very confident. They're like, we have some bells, but we have this bear mace. so if we see any bears, we mace, we'll be fine. There's three of us, won't, well, you know, doesn't matter. And I was always kind of leery, like, you know... um is this really going to stop cuz up there they've got i mean they got the big boys those are some grizzlies maybe even a kodiak mm-hmm. if you're out on a um isolated enough trail and we hiked two different trails where we didn't see people for hour, like an hour straight it was just us three out there um and i i'll be honest with you i was doing some calculations in my head like Do I just let my parents get taken? Because I'm probably faster than this. (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: Oh, no. Do I just wear Velcro shoes or do I go just slip on so they can't tie my laces together when when we're snapping? Because my dad loves to tell the joke about like, you know, if you're out uh, hiking, you only have to be faster than your friends or be able to tie their shoelaces together. And you're like, oh, dad, ha, ha, ha. But he tells those jokes enough where you're like, is my dad going to tie my shoelaces together? And then, you know, you're just not really sure. And um, my mom's also was short, so I, I kind of always was confident, like, I can out, outrun my mom. And my dad told me <laughs> to me, so I could probably, Jesus. again, if I have a stick, hit him in the knee, and I could get out of there. Uh, but <laughs> thankfully, thank God, uh, we, we never saw any bears. Uh, very little wildlife, actually. It was actually kind of a wildlife-less trip. It's kind of a bummer. Um, but bears, again, uh, love berries, though, too. So if you carry pocket, fulls of berries and you can kind of throw those out as like calcitrops, Like you drop them to pop the, the uh, car tires, like in an action film and so you throw those out and that'll stop a bear from dancing as they pick up the, the raspberries. So just a couple tips out there. Um, but yeah, so th- smart, these are both so smart. Great. Thank you. Great. Number fours. Let me score these out for you guys real quick. Um, cause I know you guys love getting points. Uh, so do I, I understand that. Um, for making me think about um, John Lovitz and John Ritter somehow, the same <laughs> Nathan, you're getting three points, and uh, and Brian, um, you're also getting three points because um, y- you're you- you're going camping with me, and and uh, and and I'm going to show you that camping can be fun. So um, I- I'm, I'm going to give you three points there as well. Let's snake it back to Brian. Actually, go right back to you for uh, your number three um, happening. To beware give it to us
1: mitch is there any chance we can go glamping or do i have to go straight to camping with no
0: we can have a car at the at the campsite I'm, I'm i'm fine with that yeah okay
1: all right that's yeah so no tv internet that's out of the question
0: there won't be any tv or internet but just remember also like when nathan and i have gone camping before most of it's just drinking beer, you know, and uh, and and lining each <laughs> fires. We so. had, we had a, I,
2: I believe, believe last last time we went, we drank something that we referred to as ginger booze. <laughs> Do you remember that?
0: No, I don't. What, Which what was, was ginger booze.
2: Ginger booze was uh, we had taken like bottles of ginger ale and drank like a lot of ginger ale in the week leading up, <laughs> like like partial <laughs> bottles of ginger ale, and then we put. We put like cheap Canadian whiskey in there because because drinking right. wasn't allowed at the campsite we were at. So we oh, had all these right. ginger that's ale right. bottles that had whiskey in them. So we were drinking <laughs> bottles of ginger booze.
1: Right. All right, so, I, can, I can get on board with ginger booze. That sounds so pretty So whoever yeah.
2: whoever cleaned out the trash can at that campsite, and next day was like, geez, these guys drink a lot of ginger ale.
1: Uh- <laughs> a lot of upset uh, tummies. I've, Yeah, (laughs) unfortunately, uh, my number three here is not ginger booze, but it is another animal. Uh, This is a more local animal that you will encounter more frequently. Uh, Number three, beware of trash pandas, AKA raccoons. So these little devils, I never thought were going to be a problem until I reached my teen years because. (laughs) <laughs> there is a, a large for, <laughs> foresty.
2: Wow. Yeah, foresty, that's that's pretty late in life to be. Uh. I know that's
1: when the <laughs> raccoons like, came, they came forefront. A large foresty era uh, area behind my parents' house, and there was a time growing up where, um, I, before my dad became the illumination specialist and the lawn care specialist of his domain, we were still learning. It was a new house and we had a really bad grub problem in the grass and uh these little bastards would come out from the little forest back there dig up his newly fresh cut grass eat these little buggers and disappear so part one of one seeing just the total destruction of what they can do that they tore up the grass uh before there was the giant waste management trash cans that you were used to here in the chicago area big green things with one lid you had your own trash cans and they had these lids that would hold on they would lock on the sides so these buggers would jump on top and just chew through the middle and a hole just big (laughs) enough for them to get in they would go in shred all the trash eat what they wanted come out the top And then the garbage man would come and dump it, and there'd be garbage everywhere, and they'd be pissed at us for not bagging it. And we're like, it wasn't. There's a look, there's an animal. Come on. It wasn't us. (laughs) So this leads to my dad deciding he's going to take care of the problem. He buys the. Initially, I think it was just uh, the spiciest thing he could find. He found like a super spicy (laughs) Italian sausage. He covered it in just hot peppers and Tabasco and covered cayenne pepper and everything. And he put it out in the backyard, turned on the floodlight, and he waited. And these little fuckers came up. They ate it, smiled, and left. And we're like, that's all you got for us? They just ate all the spicy things and we're looking for more food. They're like, what else you got for us? So this set my dad into overdrive and I'm pretty sure he just poisoned the hell out of him next. Because was <laughs> I think he just started filling food with rat poison and putting it out there because he was just like, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> He's like, I already figured out how to get rid of the grubs that that solved that problem. But then the trash became another issue. So I'm sitting there like, Late uh, becoming a, a teenager there and be like, do I have to deal with this when I'm an adult? <laughs> like these these fucking raccoons are a problem. <laughs> and yeah. not too not too long ago, I went out to take out the trash here in good old Berwyn, and I'm groggy and I'm I'm taking it out and I look up and then there's just this this tail just waving out of the top of my garbage can, Ugh. looks like Peppy Le Pew, just like uh. this. And I go over there and I'm like, oh, geez. Oh, God. (laughs) And then I take the trash can or the the bag and I smack the bag against the can and it just (laughs) all freaked out, gets out of the can. And I'm like, now Jenny won't take out the trash ever again because she just thinks there's trash (laughs) pandas always sitting in there. So. She does like a, if you get out of the, the main garage door, you have to kind of come around the side to go to the a sidewalk. She makes a really long arch around the garbage cans longer than usual to get to the fence just because you never know what's what's sleeping inside the waste management cans. <laughs>
0: oh. I mean, I, I've at my parents house, I've come out the back door before middle of the night to either take out trash or like call in the cat or something. And there's a raccoon right there by the back door. And it looks up and just just like, and you're, and of course yeah. you don't want to get bit by that, by those, I'll say it, motherfuckers, because they carry yeah. disease. And they're like, yeah, they're nasty little bastards. Oh, I, 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 you know, speaking of camping, I once kept <laughs> one up in a tree by throwing rocks at it as like, like, like an 11 year old. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the park ranger came by and had to, had to chastise me and told me to go back to my campsite to stop throwing rocks at the raccoon. And I kind of want to be like, I'm doing your goddamn job, old guy in the green truck. Like, keep these fuckers away from our food. So, oh, um, God.
1: Yeah, I just, there's nothing good about them. They're just a pain in the ass. They like, they have built in mascara that makes them look like little robbers. They're just there to steal (laughs) shit. And it's just like, they're built for one thing just annoyance and destruction. And it's just like, ugh. The
0: most disturbing, like, meme meme style, I'll call it meme style videos I've ever seen on the internet, was a kid covered their hands in peanut butter and held them out and had, like, bunches of raccoons licking off their hands as they just, like, looked oh. back and smiled at the camera, which I'm sure it was, like, the parent taking the video, otherwise, you know, or an older sibling that, like, wanted that, that sibling to die quickly from poisoning um, or rabies or something, but... Uh, nothing can make my spine crawl and jump out of my skin quicker than something like that. Like, that's just, ugh. just, ugh, yeah. Um, absolutely They're just
1: awful. nasty, and I, I don't like them.
0: I, I once heard a raccoon couple kill a cat out in the alley. That was something I'd never want to hear oh, or listen God. to again. It was a singular Jeez. type of noise and carnage. And when it was all done, I saw them waddle out from behind the garage where they killed the cat, and they walked right up to a dumpster hopped right in like it was their goddamn honeymoon. And I'm sure it was gorgeous (laughs) on trash, you know? It was awful. It was just just so nasty. I'm getting worked up here. I'm getting worked up. All right, let's, 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 this is a good one, but let's, let's put the raccoons to bed. No more, no more. Nathan, give us your number three.
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh, With, with, with uh, my colleague's permission, I would like to paint a little picture for you. Please,
1: please, please paint.
2: All right. It's dark. And Rainy, you've been driving across the barren and flat Midwestern landscapes for seven hours. Dusk has set in, and one solitary station wagon has been following you far too close for the last 30 miles. And you have to use the bathroom, and you're hungry. But your destination, Grand Falls Casino and Golf Resort in Larchwood, Iowa, is still three hours away. (laughs) You pass by the exit for Sibley, Iowa, with all the fast food signs looming over the town but you can make it if you just push through. The neon lights of civilization will be ahead in no time. But then you realize as you see the signs for Little Rock exit, that you can't make it any further. The rain is pelting on your window. The car behind you is tailing closer than ever. Your tummy is rumbling worse than Paul Bunyan roller skating downhill in an avalanche. So you pull off the highway and the car behind you follows. The rain still hitting your windshield. But no restaurants in sight, no McDonald's, no Wendy's, no Burger King, no mom-and-pop-owned diners. Even the Little Rock Community Foods grocery store has closed up for the evening. So you pull into the Cenex gas station, the lights of the car behind you still following close by. You turn off the car, step out. The rain hits your face as you face your destiny. Heavy footsteps behind you. Your worst fear has come true you're about to eat a hot dog from one of those little glass things on the counter where they kind of rotate and you're pretty sure they've been there for at least six weeks, but you're out of options. So you trick yourself into thinking it's possibly that bad, but it is. Oh, and the car behind you, they just, they they wanted to let you know that your taillight is out before you got a ticket. It's you know, Midwestern politeness. <laughs> they actually, they actually, their house was 30 miles behind, but they wanted to make sure they let you know. <laughs> oh
0: God. This is a uh whew, this is a this is a terrifying, uh, spooky Halloween night tale. This was very good. Um <laughs> boy. Nathan, how, what's the I know you're not putting ketchup on this hot dog, but are you putting are you putting something else to help help it slide down your gullet a little bit?
2: Yeah, the, the little uh tiny individual packets of relish and mustard that uh, oh, those whenever are so I good. open them, they end up squirting all half of it gets on my shirt and then half of it sure. gets on the but it's it's my road trip shirt so it's already covered in most of these condiments anyway so that's fine i i i had a, a real nightmare of an experience much like this uh a few years back i was traveling between chicago and bloomington illinois which is not that long of a drive but i was really starving and i can't remember what town it was in and i don't think the restaurant is there anymore but there was a it was a combination truck stop, gas station, and 50s-themed diner. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like I, ha- I was nearly out of gas. I was hungry. I was like, all right, this is what's happening. I wasn't going to venture into the town to try and find a subway or whatever. I was just going to – that's what I was going to do. It was right there, right off the road. And I went in, and I looked at the menu of this 50s diner and a truck stop. <laughs> and I ordered a taco salad, <laughs> oh. and so then I got to to Bloomington, and I I went to the uh, home of uh, my uh, then girlfriend, and oh. we had plans to go out that night. And I was like, I was like, oh, I don't. I don't feel so good so can we just stay in and she was like um nope yeah we're still going out because you ate a taco salad from a roadside 50s diner what did you (laughs) expect was gonna happen this is your fault get dressed here we go (laughs) so so yeah i paid the price wow my
1: my favorite thing here is like uh, we can't go on this road trip till i have my rta what's that my road trip attire i need to have my shirt (laughs) I can't go and eat relish without my shirt. <laughs> well, it's, it's
2: it's more of a it's more of a full body bib than it is a shirt. I just <laughs> mm, I put it on over the rest of everything, and so any stains. And I've got I've got the road trip hat as well, just to protect my eyes from the sun. Sure. <laughs> you know, I, have, I have very delicate Irish skin, so I get I get the sunburn on the scalp even through the hair. So <laughs> Nathan has I got one. a whole road trip, a whole road trip ensemble.
1: He has one six <laughs> uh, XL shirt that he just wears, <laughs> just a just catches. It's a catch all.
2: <laughs> it, for- it, it, it heads down bin- all the way to the knees because any, any mm. road trip, I'm wearing shorts. You're not driving in jeans on a road trip. You gotta have, you got cargo yeah. shorts on. Oh, amen. amen. That's, amen. That's, yeah. Yeah, you I don't even ke- need to explain myself on that one. It, <laughs> it's just so obvious.
1: Yeah, you can't keep the twig and giggle berries all trapped up that long. <laughs> that, that, that you can't do it.
2: Do, uh, do, do, I've got a nature valley put- bar in one pocket, obviously.
1: <laughs> uh, one of those ones that crumbles all over the place. Oh
2: well, yeah, that's why you yeah. got the shirt.
1: <laughs> those are the worst. No, those should not be. Those should be illegal to be sold. If I can't get the food out of the package without it crumbling, why does it exist? Sorry, it's a horrible road trip food.
0: It, it, it's it's very true. You, you know what? The raccoons love those because there's always half the bar left in the wrapper when they find it in the dumpster. So,
1: <laughs> I apologize for losing my cool to the distinguished gentleman from Roosevelt. <laughs> well,
2: it's we've, okay. Na- our uh, Nature Valley was scheduled to sponsor next week's episode, but I guess that's out the window.
1: <laughs> Nature Valley, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Instead, next week, we'll have Mr. Toad's 50s Diner and Gas Station as our sponsor.
1: (laughs) Where all three gentlemen will eat a taco salad right before air and see how long they'll last. Hey-oh!
0: Enjoy the Mexican spices of black pepper, salt, and ketchup on your (laughs) 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 drive Holy, holy shit. Um... You know, on on the other flip side of this, uh, I've 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 rode a megabus a couple of times somewhere in Indiana where it stops on the way to Cincinnati. There's a McDonald's that stops at, and there is no more pleasure I get than going to that McDonald's because it's the only restaurant in God knows how long of a distance. But the manager of that place runs runs it like a, like a pirate ship where no one drinks. You know, it's like things arrive, orders are taken. <laughs> smiles are given, the food is hot and delicious and crispy, and he gets the high schoolers to care about it, which whenever you go to a place where high school workers care, you're like, what kind of magic shit are they doing here? So, shout out to whatever <laughs> town that is in Indiana. <laughs> and that, McDonald's, kudos to you.
2: I've been to a similar Arby's. I can't remember where this is, but wh- whoever the franchise owner is of this Midwestern Arby's, they've got like, once you get inside, they have like fancy wallpaper and oh. they've got rocking chairs, and as soon as you open the door, it's got the little the little bells on the door handle. Sure. As soon as you walk in the door, everybody in the kitchen and the counter yells "Welcome to Arby's!" in unison, and then they <laughs> oh also have one of those bells the the ring for good service bells on the <sighs> way out, oh, and yeah, everybody yeah. yells back "Thank you!" You know, and and so I I went in and I was I, I was like, "Wow, this is kind of pleasant." I mean, a little creepy, but kind of pleasant. And then I. <laughs> Sat down and I had my my Arby's and then this this uh like chartered bus comes in and I heard the the who I think was at least the manager, if not the owner, you know, a real, real kind of loud brash uh Midwestern lady in her sixties and she, she saw the, the bus pull in and she just got yelled at the top of her lungs, she goes, Oh god, they're back <laughs> And everybody started scrambling. And and I, I see this the bus starts unloading incredibly slowly and it is just full of like 60 of the oldest people i have ever seen in my entire life and i started to figure out they had been they were from the suburbs of i think the suburbs of chicago and they had been on the bus tour down to branson missouri And this place was about halfway through, and so they had stopped on the way down, and now they were on their way back. And apparently it had been quite an ordeal before. And I only, I was there for like another 20 minutes, and they had got through maybe three people's orders. And everybody walked in like, well, I need to sit down here. And they're like moving chairs and booths, but there wasn't (laughs) enough seating for these people, and they're leaning like two to a walker. It was, uh, oh boy. So anyways, I, I got out of there eventually, but.
1: We're down Branson and we're here for the, beef, the croissant beef and cheddar. <laughs>
0: my my favorite old person ordering move is they get it like right up to the counter because they got to be able to see it, but then they're not mm-hmm. actually there to order. They're, they're just there to read the menu. And then yeah. someone asks them like, do you want to order? And they don't say, they're like, uh, mm, eh. and they just going to do a little grunt and then like a little hand motion. And no one knows what that means, you know, because like you're there, you're ready to order if you walk up. And just, right. no one knows what the hell is going on. And then I just step up and like push someone out of the way to order my beef and cheddar. And um, then I'm like, I'm then I'm the asshole. And you're like, whatever, fuck, fuck. You guys. Um, <laughs> there
1: are uh, two establishments that I think are still this like universally try to be nice to you. I feel like Jimmy John's every time you walk in they're was like, hey, welcome in. Like, that's one oh, of yeah. the places I always get a hello from. And the worst one is a Best Buy. When I walk into a Best Buy, they are trained to be there to service you. They come up and they're like, how can I help you? Can I help you find anything? And I feel like Ron Swanson in Lowe's. Every time they come up to me, I'm like, I know more than you. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Go away.
0: My 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 first uh, Jimmy John's was the one in Highland Park uh, neighborhood of St. Paul. And that was famous for a lot of stoner people that work there. You know, And so when you uh, walk in, they'd all turn and be like, Hey, welcome to Jimmy John's. You know, just like classic cliché uh <laughs> slack jod marijuana induced. Uh, yeah. But the sandwiches were so good. And they they always had they always gave the extra mayo, you know, at no extra charge. That was my favorite.
1: <laughs> I can't um, remember if I put meat on this or not, so I'm going to put some more.
0: yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> You guys, these you 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 you've both been really knocking it out of the park. Three points for both of you. I'm I'm being I'm being generous today, and you're both being so polite too. I really like that as well. Thank you very much. Um, let's go back to. Uh, I've I've been having so much fun. Who went? Oh yeah, Nathan, you went last. Uh, Brian, let's go let's go back to you for your number two.
1: Uh, this one's gonna be a quick one because I feel like there's there's not too much to add to it. But uh, mm-hmm. my number two is beware of turning 30 with a low supply of ibuprofen and Tums. Um, It felt like when this, I I, I turned 30, all of a sudden I needed Tums every night. I started to take ibuprofen like they were Uh, M&Ms. All of a sudden I I, I hit an age and now I felt old. This was for me. Um, I don't know why this is. Uh, I think it's just everything catching up with me um but now i notice that the foods i used to eat i can't just eat and go to bed now i have to eat and contemplate whether this is actually going to be a problem for me trying to fall asleep tonight (laughs) i need to go do an I'm like all right i'm laying there and then sometimes you know if you ever if you ever get your head below your esophagus the other way you kind of go this way all of a sudden your stomach acid comes up and it's like three in the morning and you're chugging the the gullet of ice water you have next to you and it's not doing anything you actually have to get up Go find the Tums. You don't want to wake up your partner. And, of course, Tums are the loudest fucking maraca-type containers that you can't get the things out of. And you have to chew that chalky shit and wipe it down with more ice water and all that. And then it's like, you know what? I might as well take some ibuprofen, too, just as a preventative measure before I go anywhere, just in case, because I never know if my back's going to hurt, my knees are going to hurt. So all I'm saying, beware getting older and enjoy your good knee years i feel like I, I that should be a t-shirt we should sell uh my knees have never been the same because i am i'm a husky boy and i like to move so when i move my knees get hurt that's what happens so there we go sure. number 2
0: um <clears throat> can i offer you know uh you do know ibuprofen thins your stomach lining so that probably you know that's a that's a vicious cycle there with the tums
1: who the, cares? Uh, the, uh, it's it's it doesn't matter. I'd rather have stomach. no stomach and die eventually. You know what? If you live a healthy life, <laughs> if you go running every day, you don't eat junk food, you still die. So what the fuck's the point? So you might as well get rid of the pain at the source and deal with your no stomach lining, no intestines later. That's future Brian's problem. Sure. I'm a I live in the I live in the now.
0: Okay. Okay. I you know self self Okay um okay
2: I've said my piece how about the distinguished gentleman from Roseville um I would just like to th- uh, point out that the, my esteemed colleague from Berwin uh, was complaining about the ravages of old age whilst being the youngest member of this uh, oh, deliberative body right. today Oh that's I, very I right I feel that that should be pointed mm. out for the record Hmm,
1: are yes. you telling me none of these are concerns for you? Even more so than me?
2: Uh, that's uh, yes, very much so. And I was hurt by being reminded.
1: <laughs>
0: um. <laughs> uh, can I uh, hold on? Hold on, uh, my 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 disesteemed colleague from Berwyn. May I uh, brag about my esteemed colleague from Rosehill for just a moment? Um, I you received may. a. A, a textual message from him uh this, this afternoon on my uh mobile phone. Th- I don't know why I'm talking like this. Um <laughs> Nathan Nathan can still dunk. Nathan can still get up and dunk baby. Uh this so is true. I think that's can he do it, it without
1: pain
2: it well we'll see how I feel in the morning. Yes. <laughs> on on today we're recording this on March tenth, uh twenty twenty one myself at age thirty uh thirty four years and two thirds I threw down a dunk. It took about fifteen tries, but I got one down. Still dunking at thirty-four, baby. That's
0: awesome. Well, and, and and also, just like the reason it's tough is because the amount of speed you get coming off the trampoline, you can't always keep the ball in your hands, and so that's kind of hard <laughs> to, to get the. Oh, to get the ball it's to extreme out basketball. The...
1: <laughs> Forgot about that oh, lead. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. I no. I actually I played some basketball with some, like uh twenty like three year olds at the park yesterday. And uh, one of them, uh, he was—he was a bully. He was definitely a bully. Uh, lowered his shoulder as hard as he could into my ribs, and I immediately was like, "Hey, young man, I am not here to get injured. You need to—you need to just dial it down, okay?" <laughs> and, and then he—and then he made up a lie and said, um, "Well, I'm not going to forget about how you slapped the shit out of me in my face on my first layup, which wasn't true." And I just was like, "No, we both know that's not true." And I was like. Just don't hurt me, okay? You're much bigger <laughs> than I am, when you're younger. Chill it out. And then he didn't he didn't mess with me anymore. But I was glad I I you know, I gave him the what four immediately. So um but yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Showing my age here, just like Brian is is uh is is cautioning to so well heated. Thank you for this, Brian. Nathan, give us your number two. Moving us right along here.
2: All right. Th- this is also a fairly quick one cuz it's pretty uh self-explanatory, but I think it's okay. one that you two will be able to relate to quite uh, a bit and anybody who has in any form of the entertainment world or public speaking of any kind. Sure. Beware of this. This is leaving your mic on when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> several several scenarios like. in which this sucks. Like the the least painful of this is if you are Acting uh, on a on a film set or, or a shoot or something, because then it's only the sound department. It's going in their ears when you uh, you know have explosive diarrhea or what have you, and that that seems like that must be the most embarrassing. But if you're like if you're giving a speech and there's an audience there, and you you rush off stage and then you you forget to, then a whole audience might hear you with the bodily functions, and that's going to be real embarrassing. But that's not the worst. The worst is. After your keynote speech at the convention, the CEO comes on right after you, and he's in the middle of his spiel, and then you're uh, washing your hands or whatever the case may be, and you say to one of your close colleagues next to you some derogatory remarks about the CEO and how his leadership is is terrible, and you vomit every time you hear the way they pronounce the word churn, and so now (laughs) you're humiliating your CEO right in their big moment. You're not coming back from that one uh there is a classic uh historical example of this uh it's an urban legend i don't believe there's any real evidence for it but uh don carney was host of the uncle don radio show which was a children's radio show back from the 20s to the 40s and then it ended suddenly and the legend goes that uh, he had his usual sign off at the end of the show which goes good night little friends good night And then after that, he still had a hot mic and then said uh, in the very G-rated radio of the time, he said, all right, that does it. That ought to hold the little bastards. And (laughs) the rumor is that went out to all the kids and people complained and he was fired. But uh, from my research today, which uh, admittedly was just uh, about 90 seconds on Wikipedia, there's no evidence (laughs) it actually happened. He just uh, retired to Miami. uh, So...
1: In disgrace, sure. yeah, in in
2: disgrace. Uh, but there, but yeah, there you go. It's, it's it's a simple uh simple one, but but yeah, that, that's uh oof, just total embarrassment. That's I don't I don't know if I would ever uh, be able to live that down in any scenario. So that's that's my number two.
0: Yeah, I I, I could imagine being a teacher, um, you know, and having like a, a rowdy bunch of kids, and then you go into the bathroom. And let's say you're, you're, you're mic'd up for class. Of course, you know, normally you're not mic'd up, but then you like, they, they hear you talking yourself up in the mirror like, don't let them get to you. You know, like you are an adult. Like you are, you trained for this, you know, giving yourself a little <laughs> talk in the mirror. <laughs> like, well, there's Charlie sort of a, a won't distant, make you uh, an ass. Uh, or something <laughs> like that.
2: Yeah. There's sort, sort of a distant cousin of this for, uh, I mean, it, it would be true for, for anybody in any zoom meeting, but sure. i think it would be particularly worse for the teachers if you're you're teaching online and you do the share screen button and you hit the wrong one and you accidentally had left a porn window open and then oh, all of yeah. a sudden for the rest of the semester all of your kids know exactly what you're into that's that truly that's a road that once you go down you cannot reverse out of that bad boy no no that's i highly
1: that's recommend a, for the audience out there if they haven't seen there was a a hot mic fart that happened with a teacher. <laughs> I think it was on TikTok or Instagram or something, but she was on Zoom. She let out a little puff and it went out over Zoom to a bunch of first or second graders and they all start giggling. It becomes the most wholesome moment you could actually think of because the kids just start giggling and they're like, "What's that?" was that really this? That was that? And it cuts back to one other kid. He's like, that was a big one. And then it just keeps going around and round. And it could have been the most embarrassing thing, but actually it was just joyous. So uh, at least uh, all parts of this Zoom teaching hasn't been all bad.
0: <laughs> I I have to be reminded of this by my girlfriend sometimes when we're in a public place and we're talking to someone and then we leave. And I, I, I can speak loudly where I'm just like, you know what? That Greg was a real, real douche nozzle. You know, and she'll be like, "Hey, he's still right behind us." And I'm like, "Oh, oh, so, love, love you, Greg." You know, bye bye. You're so. Thank you for the sausage or whatever. You know, and I mean, his sausage really sucked though. You know, it's like no spice. You know, put too much ketchup on it. Um, but yeah. Um, so I, I totally get this. You guys, again, you're you're you continue to do very well here, um, Brian. You know, um, uh, you know me. I'm I'm a person who doesn't who who doesn't like to go by the numbers. Age is just a number. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't uh, dictate. And you're putting yourself in a vicious cycle here. But I like that you're trying to uh, take care of yourself, and I know that. So I'm giving you two points here. But Nathan, this is a classic. This is a this is a comedy trope. Uh, one of my favorite things ever, the hot mic, um, the hot fart, uh, the hot, um, <laughs> the hot cuss, whatever you want to call it. Um, this is wonderful. Three points for you again. Um, let's go, let's go back to Brian. Give us your number one, close this out. We're almost there. Let's keep moving.
1: Sounds good. My number one is very specific. Uh, this one also happened when I was 17 years old, so oh. I haven't really aged much. Um, <laughs>
2: This is at least, at least outside of your knees. Correct. My
1: knees just—they're eighty. I am <laughs> seventeen at heart. Uh, my number one is beware the bracelet guys at the base of Sacré Coeur in Paris. All right, this is on the grounds of the Roman Catholic Church, the second most visited location in Paris. Um, uh, lower on the grounds of this church, it's up quite a bit on a hill, but on the way up. This is when I was first swindled, Um, but it was a kind swindle. So this is kind of where I'm conflicted on this story. So I was wearing a Bulls shirt or jacket, and this very tall man shouted, Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan. And I was like, what? And he's like, you Chicago, Michael Jordan, right? And I was like, yeah, cool. And he picked me out as American right away, and he grabs me by the wrist. And he pulls me in close like a Donald Trump handshake. And he starts tying this string bracelet around my wrist. And I'm like, okay, cool. What's, what's going on? And all he kept repeating while his bracelet was being tied was Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan. Good, huh? Michael Bulls. Yeah, good. So good. And I'm like, <laughs> what is happening right now? I don't know what is going on. And then when he was done tying it, he was like, you pay now. And I was like, what? He's like, you pay now, gift. And I was like, oh, okay. So I reached in my pocket and I jostled some coins. And he's like, no, 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 paper, paper. And I was like, oh, oh, shit. He wants money for this. So I just reach in my back pocket and naively just open a wallet right in front of him. <laughs>
2: oh, my God.
1: And there's only a 20 euro note. He reaches into my wallet, removes it. And replaces it with a 10. He oh, was only charging $10. He gave me change. I was robbed and I was given change on the, ex- <laughs> on the exchange. <laughs> so so I, I for my whole life, I've never known how to explain this situation. Because it was like, yeah, I fell for the oldest trick in the book. But he could have taken the 20, and he didn't. So I was like, wow. I, it was such a strange experience. So I got to say, just beware the bracelet guys in Paris while you're traveling. Don't be as naive as I was. And I was, on a, I was on a trip with a bunch of kids from school, and my mom was a chaperone there. And this still happened. So just be careful when you travel. And if you're going to get swindled, be swindled by the kind men. <laughs> so <laughs> Don't wear any bulls paraphernalia while you're overseas. God damn it.
2: I wish you would have told me that ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> spent I spent three years with thirty percent of my wardrobe being bold.
1: <laughs> uh, that's my number one. Oh
0: my gosh, that's uh, that's uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, classic street swindles are always interesting. Um, and it, normally, if like if you push back a little bit, you can find the truth. Um, I, I mean, obviously you're, you're a young man uh, or a teen, I guess you will. An impressionable teen yes. in a new, beautiful country. Um, trying just trying to get to your favorite Catholic church. You know, I get it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um what, what did, in this church? What's, is this like, uh, I, I, you said the French word and I didn't know that French word. Is this like where Notre Dame is or something or where? It, no, no, it's it's not, there, not
1: right? Notre Dame. It's the second location people go. It's called Sacre cœur And Sacre-Coup. it's, uh, kind of got like. Almost Russian-inspired teardrop on the top of it. Um, So it's a a quite different architectural difference. We never actually made it up to the church. We were just visiting the park that was at the base of it. There's like a large park and a a lot of like um, Millennium Park style walkways up to it. So that's kind of what we were just there visiting. It was kind of like we have a half an hour before we need to be somewhere. You guys might as well go look in this park before we just rush back on the bus. And so that's kind of what it was and never made it in, but, uh, (laughs) it is what it is. (laughs) I got a valuable lesson instead. Wow. I,
0: I, I was recently, uh, someone tried to swindle me on outside of a CVS and, um, They, uh, they, they, I was biking by and he said, excuse me, sir. And I was like, I'm on a bike. What? I was like, let me park the bike. Let me park the divvy in the station first. And he tried to step in front of me and I was like, what the the fuck are you doing? But I walked by him and he was like, thank you so much for stopping. And he was fundraising (laughs) for his, for his slain child's funeral. Um, and his kid had been shot outside of a Seven Eleven. Supposedly, and you know f- funerals—you don't wait to have a funeral. You have a funeral like right mm-hmm. away, you know. Correct. Um, yeah, and 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 of course, I mean, this is clearly a scam. Obviously, you're 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 going to tell yeah. the the most devastating story possible. And but he had this like very professional sign up sheet. He had like a badge made up, you know, with his ID or whatever to show me. And he had all the logos of all the all the the uh, cash sending apps that you could use. Also, you didn't have to give cash; you could do zell yeah. uh chase quick Bay, whatever venmo and he's like yeah so my so my kid got got killed by gunshot outside of a 7-eleven in lincoln park so right here near us um and i'm just here like trying to get enough money to have his funeral and i stopped and went oh my god i am i am so sorry and he stopped and he looked at me and he was like surprised and then and then it was like it took like four seconds then he remembered he's like oh yeah god Thank oh my god thank you so much and it was like oh, he god. forgot to be you know which I know I know this is this is a macabre situation but still it was like yeah you have to you like do the kids back, act do apart, the part damn it yeah. Thing. yeah like don't go to child murder like that just is like a little I mean if people don't know this is just like a well done scam then they're absolute yeah. morons but so I apologized to him and he's like oh thank you so much and like thank thanked me. And Because also I'm like, if you're going to lie to me, I'm going to like lie to you a little bit too. Because um, also like, I am not a rich man. I don't have money just to give to everyone that asks me for money. And and then, and I said, well, I, I don't have my wallet on me, which was very, which was true. I had my my keys and my phone. That was it. And then he said, oh, I, well, I, I take Venmo. And I said to him, uh, well, I, I don't do Venmo anymore. I had a lot of trouble with that. Um, I actually use a, an encrypted service now. It's called Casher, but which you don't have on here. So sorry. And he was <laughs> like, oh, okay. All right thank you for stopping, man. I appreciate it so much. Like, God bless. I was like, absolutely. And I felt <laughs> a little bad, but also cool. Is that wrong? To, is that wrong to feel that way? I don't think it well, is. Well,
1: no, but- because clearly, if this guy's son was slain, he had time to get a laminated badge printed and go to FedEx Kinko's to get his, his sheet printed. This is the equivalent mm-hmm. of Joe Exotic putting on the paramedic jacket before calling the police when someone's arm this gets is- eaten by a tiger. Like, no. <laughs> exactly This is... You got to be act apart if you're going to swindle. Yeah. And two, why are you doing this you asshole? Come on.
2: Was yeah. this within the uh the last 6 weeks that this happened? This was yesterday. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was going to say uh, you are not the first person within the last 6 weeks to tell me this story uh from the neighborhood that you mentioned. So, oh really?
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Oh no my sense. god, are so we been, b- are we breaking a ring? <laughs>
2: he's been he's been he's been out there for a while doing this.
1: Oh yeah. I
2: am sad. I'm sad to report.
0: Well, and, and, and also a a quick look at the thing and like people like, I think it was like a, I think he had a date thing on there or something. Like there was, there's some clear indication that it wasn't all done in the past, you know, day or two. Um, at least the last guy that was scamming money, it was for his kid's sports team and his Venmo account. He had the account name as like the sports team, even though clearly he was just taking that money for himself. Well, like at least like you, put in the work to do that you know i don't know um so uh i brian i i'm i'm hearing you all the way i i hope the bracelet was nice i don't know if you still have it or not is it, is it kicking around somewhere
1: i don't know if i if, it, if i have it it's got to be like in a shoebox at my parents house somewhere i know i kept it but i have no idea where it is
0: so it's somewhere in a beautiful beautiful little box of treasures is what you're saying
1: it's in a little box of treasures yeah <laughs>
0: that's that's, that's great Uh, I love it Nathan round us out bring us home give us your number one here please
2: okay so my number one sure and it's been on my heart and on my mind all day Mm -hmm. and it will be for the next few weeks at least and this is speaking your greatest fears into existence after discussing them in a public forum such as a podcast (laughs)
0: Oh, you're so, so fucked, man. Is, oh, you were going to eat so many hot dogs. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> this,
2: is, this is like the classic, uh, uh, if if you tell somebody, hey, whatever you do, don't think about the color yellow, immediately you think of the color yellow. Yep. And uh, I remember when I was 16 years old and I had just got my license, backing out, there was like a, it was kind of a tight turn uh, in the side of the garage door there, and I was like, Okay just whatever you do, you're just you're not gonna you're not gonna like scratch your car on the side of the door. You're just not gonna do it. you're not gonna do it, you won't do it, you won't do it you won't do it, you won't do it you won't do it. Won't do it. Won't do it. and I did it. Of course I did. <laughs> of course I did. This is exactly the sort of thing I do. I'm so terrified about it that I had to alter some of the previous entries on my list. I had to leave them off because I'm like, okay, this is too bad. I can't spend the rest of the the coming weeks thinking about this and having it come true. Um. Yeah, this is the spiral of doom. I am entering into the spiral of doom. I fully expect numbers five through two to happen to me. I will manifest them in some way because I'll be so obsessed with avoiding them. Just like all the other fears in my life. Uh, I do have therapy at 10 a.m. tomorrow. We'll be discussing all of this. will be working on some, te- some techniques to try to master these things to confront them head on. Mm-hmm. But yep, my number one fear is that I have just made all of my other fears come true. Wow. I, uh, wow.
0: I I would try and comfort you, but I'm actually, I've been on on Google here the whole time we've been recording. I've mainly just been surfing the internet. Um, and I just hear on Deadline, it says here that uh, Chuck Lorre is rebooting The Simpsons, actually. He's doing a live action uh, for NBC. So. Oh, sorry, CBS. Yeah. Uh, Bummer,
1: dude. That's a bummer. <laughs>
2: bummer. Oh god, yeah. I'm saying Zach Efron as Homer. Oh uh, my god, here. yeah. Perfect. Perfect.
1: <laughs> it's
0: it's, a, it's it's a hotter Simpsons. It looks like much hotter Simpsons than original. Um, Nathan, you know, I, 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 I. So this is like the reverse secret, I guess. Isn't that true? Yes. In
2: a yes. As long. yes. There are no follow up <laughs> questions. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. That is. That is what it is. Um, the,
2: the secret that was a book about about po- sort of positive thinking, and then the positive thinking will then manifest into realities. That am, yeah, a bunch of I, bullshit. Yeah,
0: and so I'm just talking about right. it to telling people you're you're gonna be um, you know the world's number one interior decorator. You know, one day and you know one day you're gonna have a red Lamborghini, that kind of thing. Um,
2: right, but yeah. Right, just like I told everybody in 1996 that I was going to uh be playing for the Bulls at uh up until age 34. This was supposed to be my retirement year, guys. This was my victory
0: lap. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um Well, uh Brian, got some news for you.
1: <laughs> Brian,
0: is there is there anything that you that you talk about a lot, something like this where you you you've seen it pop up in your life here and there that spooks you a little bit?
1: Uh, it's usually me like saying, man, we're out of laundry detergent. And then all of a sudden seeing a bunch of ads for tide in my Instagram feed, that's the only way the secret works in my life (laughs) is through Silicon Valley. So I, I don't know. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's juice those Silicon Valley, um, algorithms a little bit more while I uh, tally the scores. Nathan, thank you very much for rounding us out there with your number one, um, while I tally, you guys, uh tell me about um tell me about your, your favorite name brand uh products that have to do um uh with with household items. Go for it.
1: I'm a Dawn soap man through and through. Uh
2: oh, palm olive for me for sure. All right. Well really? Dawn
1: is what gets the oil off the ducks in the golf, so you're using the wrong P&G product, my friend. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, Pantene Pro V is my uh, shan- my shampoo of choice uh, for my luscious locks that uh, are halfway down my back at this point. Pantene Pro V—it's the only way to go. Shampoo and conditioner.
1: Yeah, I like the two and in ones. You got to go two in one.
0: And, and to no, round that's it out,
2: a, two two and one is <laughs> not a thing. Two and one is not a thing. Two—they invented the number two because one wasn't enough to contain two. No two and ones are going on my scalp.
0: <laughs> I will, I will, I, I will agree to that because my two in one doesn't do much. Uh, I I always got to go back to the uh, head and shoulders Arctic Blast or whatever it is, like minty tingle, whatever that I use, uh, to get the to, to get myself flake free. Um, but also the Shower Buddy, uh, scalp brush. I use one of those. My dandruff has reduced a crazy amount. So uh, everyone, go out there. Uh, this is not an ad. Uh, it's just you know sounds like sponsored content, but it's not. Um, we wish.
1: It's not an ad, but go buy this.
0: <laughs> uh, I've tallied the scores, and Nathan had a perfect three on every single round, but he failed to refer to Brian uh, as the distinguished gentleman early on four different times. That brings him down to 13. Brian, however, came up with a beautiful score of 13. I'm sorry, but I clocked two. Two incredibly informal references to your distinguished opponent from Roseville. So therefore, the winner of today's game is Nathan Hennethan, our distinguished senator from Roseville, Illinois, winning 13-12 to over Brian. Congratulations, sir. If you'd like to say a couple words, now is the time.
2: I thank my constituents. I will be fighting hard for your interests so long as they align with mine exactly and in every way.
0: What a wonderful sentiment. I love that so much. (laughs) (laughs) That's a way to serve your community. And now, guys, it's time For the fast five. And this is it. The top five things you'll never forget about your doctor's office. Number five. The hair on Sharon at the front desk. So much volume. (laughs) (laughs) It looked like it would taste like the fanciest lemonade cotton candy I'd ever get my tongue on, right? Also, was Sharon kind of gorgeous? Maybe. Did she give me candy? You betcha. And did she deserve a finer tailored cardigan with a flattering silhouette of her ample curves and the requisite structural support for her clunky name tag? Most definitely. Number four. (laughs) How the exam table is always three inches too tall and makes your legs go to sleep. Now, weak legs are (laughs) never good, especially when you're trying to step down on that little pull-out step that's never as steady feeling as it looks, or when you're self-conscious, of course, about taking down your pants during an examination. Number three. The cold hands of Dr. Tetley. The cold hands of Dr. Boston. The cold hands of Dr. Lewis. Paging all doctors. From now on, after the initial hand, Sanny, maybe a quick flash over a Bunsen burner before you summon goosebumps all over my special purpose. (laughs) Number two. Dr. Lewis's mustache. She knew how to grow them. Number one. The nurse who closes her eyes at the point of insertion while administering shots. I mean, is there any better nightmare fuel for a squeamish young child than a permed-headed nurse with nicotine stains on her teeth and an inability to keep her eyes from fluttering when the needle plunges? Her second favorite move was the sneak attack. As she stuck my left arm, she'd have a second nurse run double duty on my veins by targeting my bulging right child bicep simultaneously. No, it wasn't really that much more efficient, nurse. Even eight-year-old me could scream that in your face as you put that dumb, goofy Band-Aid over the wound. Yes, that's right. Even though I've forgotten her name, I'll never forget her face, especially right when the needle approached and the overshadowed eyes of this monster would flutter, flutter, and then close as her dimply thumb depressed the plunger, the source of paranoia (laughs) and flop sweat all through my (laughs) adolescent years while getting shots at the Highland Family Physician's Office. Thank you, Nurse Nightmare. And that's this week's <laughs> edition. <of laughs> please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. And once again, we love that hearty WOM word of mouth. So please tell your friends about us and send them your favorite episode. Thank you to the winner who had the best fears
2: Nathan Hennon Fent.
0: And bringing up the rear, hopefully without a knife in his hand, has been. <laughs>
1: Don't forget we're live on St. Paddy's at 8 p.m. I'm Brian Ernst. Woo!
0: And I've been Mitch Brinkman, and as Bisbear always says, modest doubt is called the beacon of the wise, but don't sweat it too much. You don't want a crick in your neck. Auf Wiedersehen, and adios.
1: you've just listened to uber cinco a production of ubk studios subscribe to the show on apple podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you get your fine podcasts from
0: If you like what you hear and want to support the show please visit our patreon site at patreon.com slash ubk studios every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay
2: keep tabs on us on all the social media at ubk studios and most importantly subscribe to our youtube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good midwestern boys